Good evening and welcome back to episode number 31 of Sports Medicine on Tap. I'm Jason Kopeck coming to you live from Neck of the Woods Brewing Company located here in Pittman, New Jersey. We took a two-week hiatus. We're happy to be back down here. Came down, there's a whole new menu of IPAs on tap. And Dr. Frey, happy to see you again. You too, man. It's uh, exciting stuff. I'm glad glad to be back. Yeah, holidays went well. Fantastic. That loss you took in fantasy football, how's that set? Oh, man. (laughs) So so I took a look at our our league, and I find it very interesting that um, the the both of us are in playoff contention despite the fact that you did beat me. Yeah. With um, the help of Jonathan Taylor's five touchdown day performance and you know, fifty-two ish points, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, whatever, standard, run of the mill. Um, I also find it interesting. I'm near the top of my of my division. Yeah, I just have the good fortune of being in the weaker division. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, we got a great topic for tonight involving another local athlete. I'm not sure if you're even aware of DeAndre Swift, uh, a Philadelphia product from St. Joe's Prep. Again, I did not know yeah. that. Uh, went on to have a stellar career at uh, Georgia. Right. Uh, off to a great start in his young career. Unfortunately, playing for a team below average with the Detroit Lions, but sustained a significant injury on Thanksgiving Day. And when you brought somebody in to help us talk about it, who do you got? I did. I brought back a good friend, Dr. Brad Bernardini. Thanks, guys. The boys are back. Yeah, the, the band's here. Doc, happy to have you. What are you sipping on tonight? <laughs> the band's back together. I am. Um, I'm. I'm actually still on a, a pumpkin beer. I'm having a pump, pumpuccino. Pumpuccino, right. which is really, really good. It's one of my go-to's. Yeah, it's delicious. Yeah, love it. What you, What are you having uh, on deck here? What am I having? I have a Neapolitan on deck. It's a, uh, a Neapolitan sour. It's like dessert. It is. It's like a beer dessert. Like drinking candy. Yeah, I can't wait. I know. I know. Let's kick this off. Let me recap. So. About midway through the second quarter of the uh, Thanksgiving Day game, Chicago Bears, Detroit Lions, DeAndre Swift takes a handoff, you know, out to the right side. Pursuit kind of carries him out to the end there. Mm -hmm. Out of bounds, he gets driven to the ground. We see him just kind of laying there, immediately grabs his shoulder. What I, as the athletic trainer, never want to see. You see the whole Chicago Bears sideline waving yeah. the other, you know, the other medical staff over. Right. Um, one of the athletic trainers for the Bears just does the courtesy, you know, goes down, make sure everything's okay. They cut the commercial break. <laughs> they come back. DeAndre Swift obviously made it over to the sidelines uh, of his own, uh, and he's being attended to by his own medical staff at that point. And you just see him writhing in pain. He's back and forth, grabbing the shoulder. He's kind of rocking back and forth on the bench. Dr. Bernadine started us off. Like, what are your initial thoughts there? You see that play. Yeah. What What are we thinking at that point? I got to be honest. If you look at the the footage and you get to see the replay in slow motion, it's a classic mechanism for an AC joint injury right. yeah. or a clavicle fracture. Clavicle fracture. Yeah. yeah. So I think um, the the subtle difference I think between the mechanism for those is that when yeah. you have an AC joint, you're a little bit more on the top outer edge of the mm-hmm. shoulder as you're getting driven in. Uh, whereas a clavicle, you're a little bit more on the outside and there's more of a lateral compression. Mm-hmm. So I uh, had one of these in, mm-hmm. in college and exact same mechanism. I'm a little guy, mm-hmm. big guy on top of me, yeah. kind of drive me into the ground. Um, similar footage, I imagine, although I wasn't on, you know, NFL football on well, Thanksgiving. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So he, he doesn't, he gets ruled out pretty quickly. They, right. they know he's out. And that would, to me, would be indicative of either one of those. We don't know yet, but yeah. clavicle or AC joint, yep. that's, we know pretty quick he's out. Yeah. 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 It's what, you know, it wasn't, uh, some people say I dislocated shoulder. It wasn't mm-hmm. really a, a position that we would see a dislocation occur in. 
Um, but he was clearly in a lot of pain. He didn't yeah. move. I mean, he went down right. and stayed down. You know, I, I saw it happen and watching the, watching the replay of it, you know, the first thing you think is, oh yeah, classic mechanism. That, that's typically how they go. But, but given the amount of pain that it was in, I think that's something that enters your mind. Let's make sure this is not. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Got to check for sure. Weird things happen. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's start with that then. So when they come back from commercial footage, we see him on the sideline being attended to. Could one of you walk us through what that sideline assessment was like? Where did we start? What did we rule out? Where did we go from there? Yeah. So, so, um, first before, you, before, I'm sorry to cut you off, before we even know it's an AC joint. Right. Yeah. yeah of how course. do we come to that? Of yeah, course. Just, yeah. Yeah. You know, hopefully getting the guy, uh, the, the player, the athlete to calm down a little bit so we can kind of focus on your questions and answer your questions reasonably. And, um, you're checking, you're feeling for the, and it's sometimes a little bit challenging because you're sometimes you're feeling up underneath the shoulder pads while you're doing this, but you're feeling for the contour of the shoulder. Uh, if you need to, you can pull the shoulder pads off and actually get a look at the contour. Yeah, and get ideally. The, yeah. Uh, and if, if they're, you know, one, you're looking at the position that they're holding their arm and that helps give you an indication of whether or not there's actually a shoulder dislocation or not. Um, and you're feeling for where you're feeling for the ball and the ball and socket of the shoulder to feel as it lined up where it's supposed to be. And then typically you're palpating a big part of this really uh, workhorse here is palpation. So, you know, kind of pushing along the bone and pushing along the joint to seeing where the tender spot is. So you push right along the clavicle. You can start right like way over near the chest side, near the, um, at the SC joint and work your way right along the clavicle out to the AC joint and uh, if you if one, if you have a the, the the point of maximal tenderness kind of along the way, you're a little more worried about that that clavicle fracture, which is certainly in the in the mix here. And if you get down to the AC joint and that's where they kind of jump away and pull away, and that's the spot, then you start feeling right. This is probably an AC joint, uh, AC joint separation, and that only gives you part of the equation, right? Assuming you think it's the AC joint separation, you still want to get X-rays, you still want to do the workup, and uh, you really have no idea just how bad it is and and the the severity of the injury the severity of the separation really dictates treatment and time out and, and and all these other factors so then obviously it's no surprise that we, we didn't see him play week 13 and it doesn't sound like we're going to see him in the near future but only according to results we he might miss significant time yeah how what did we need to do to come to that conclusion so day after uh, yeah you and know. you know just to take a step back i think it's probably worth mentioning some of the anatomy um sure yeah, we with, yeah. with this and so the uh the ac joint stands for a chromioclavicular mm. joint so the acromion yeah. is the upper part of the shoulder blade bone uh that kind of forms the uh the other side of the joint um along with the clavicle mm. or the collarbone so attached to the scapula we, the we scapula. talked about scapula fractures yeah, yeah. So that, that, you know, everybody thinks shoulder blades, they think of the back of their shoulder, but it wraps around the top and has this uh, bone that forms a joint with the, uh, with the collarbone. And there's a, a whole complex of ligaments that support that, um, that joint. We're going to talk about those because that's actually what was injured um, in this injury based on what we're being told. The other side of the collarbone is also an interesting joint called your SC joint. You mentioned it when you're talking about right. it, and that's the sternoclavicular joint. That's where the collarbone meets the sternum or that center part of the chest in the front. That's your breastplate, basically. That's a really scary joint to see injuries in. Right. And I think it makes um, we saw know, perfect sense. Yeah. You, you and I, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's, it's probably a great topic for a podcast down the road. Or, yeah, and it's, and it's I think, important at least to mention here yeah. because it, it, that mechanism theoretically could cause an injury to that. It's Relatively not the exact, similar. Yeah. yeah, it's not the exact mechanism, mm -hmm. but that when that joint goes bad, 
it can go either forward or it can go backwards when it when it shifts it shifts out of place and that's um potentially uh it could be life-threatening if it goes backward because it can compress things that are vital for um you know life support mm-hmm. <laughs> breathing yeah, yeah breathing yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah stuff like that. I, don't, I don't know if you remember that that afl game i do that I, was one of like four things yeah I, I think we were out of we saw some crazy things man i'll tell and, you and one night i remember like one of our physicians it might have been dr gray was attending to the posterior dislocation of the sc joint <laughs> and i was I, I looked around i looked to my left looked to my right and was like i'm out of physicians right yeah. now like i'm literally <laughs> out of physicians yeah every one of you were attending to something major it there wasn't were, you know like there were some games that were so nice we get watch a game we're out there yeah. with the team everybody's you know relatively yeah. healthy every now and then you get a little yeah. tweak and then there are other games where it was non-stop in the back x-rays yeah. you know hey yeah. can you breathe right uh do you have a pulse mm-hmm. <laughs> can you feel your legs I remember i mean remember the yeah. quarterback for yeah. uh was it washington, washington. We had a scaphoid lunate dislocation scaphoid on the lunate third, third play of the game. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Just, just crazy. Yeah. So anyway, we're yeah. getting off topic. Yeah. But um, so I think it's it's important because if there's trainers and sideline specialists and things like that, listening, other physicians, rule out that stuff because that stuff's you know really potentially concerning. So make yeah. sure there's no pain on the inner side or the medial side of the collarbone. And then if it's like like Steve said, if it's in the middle of the clavicle. We absolutely are thinking clavicle fracture, get an x-ray. If it's in the outer edge, it could still be a fracture. Um, and those actually are a little bit more complicated. Tricky, right. But very, very common injury is is an AC joint sprain yeah. right. or separation, as they're called. And well, you had talked about, I mean, you yourself had this that, that classic mechanism. Can yeah. you describe like the textbook classic mechanism of an AC sprain? Yeah, so it's typically, usually it's a point of contact in the outer upper edge of of the shoulder so if you kind of feel over the edge there there's this little bony prominence that's your acromion and then that drops off to the round part of the shoulder which is your deltoid and the the humeral head and usually the point of contact is that edge Mm -hmm. and that's driven down and and there's a compression to it and what that does is it it stresses the ligaments Mm -hmm. that we're going to talk about that basically hold the clavicle in perfect alignment with the acromion. So if you get an x-ray of that joint normally, it's lined up perfectly straight. You can usually draw a line straight across the top of those two bones and they're about the same. And if there's an injury to those ligaments to the extent that it changes that alignment, usually what happens is in reality, the collarbone actually stays in the appropriate position and the acromion or the shoulder blade, the whole shoulder girdle will actually drop down. Although when you look in, in the mirror, it looks like the collarbone's sticking up. It's actually not. It's actually the shoulder girdle has dropped down. down. Yeah. And and it's because of that point of contact on the outer edge of the shoulder. And it's usually, you know, typical like a big guy or a big force that's driving that that stress. You know, we see this a lot in hockey. Guys getting checked into the boards. Right. You know, same kind of mechanism. Very They're common. kind of dropping. They get hit in the top outer edge, goes against the boards, and then they have some big guy that's compressing them into the board. So that's the mechanism. How often do we need more than an x-ray to come to this diagnosis? Not that often. Mm-hmm. The vast majority of the time, x-ray is adequate. Mm-hmm. And so so there's a little bit of, I, I guess theoretically, there can be a little bit of a controversy here. Right? Typically, often, you're going to get bilateral AC joint. You're going to get x-rays on both sides, and you're going to do a comparison view 
one side to the other. Um, because just anatomically, sometimes some people do have a little bit of elevation right at that spot, and that's just the way they're built. Or they have a little arthritis if or they're an yeah. NFL guy, and, and the clavicle's a little bit more prominent, and there's right. some hypertrophy or bone spurs or yeah, things like that. Yeah, exactly. Now, now, if you go back really not all that long ago, and I'm kind of curious if you do this, uh, one of the common things they used to do would be basically stress views. They would do uh, uh, x-rays while somebody's holding weights in each hand mm -hmm. so that you're accentuating the that drop off that drop off that's exactly right and uh, i i typically don't do that i think that helps you helps you differentiate and we're going to get into it a little more later on type two versus type three but um i don't know if there's, there's a huge value in yeah doing I'm, that. I'm glad to hear you don't do that i right. don't either it's i think it's a little bit i don't want to say barbaric yeah but i guess i did say it so i'll, <laughs> I'll stick with that right it, you know it's if somebody's hurting you right. know it's you, you don't need to go and make them hold weights and, and have them stress and unstable joint right it hurts right right, right. so i there's other ways for us to be able to determine yeah and know. two versus three usually you're not doing surgery th although three becomes a little bit controversial but you're not determining uh, it's not critical to know that right there right there yeah, yeah based on that yeah and, and my so, only yeah. my only active test that i do is i i do i do the shrug test which most of us do, and we'll talk about that sure. when we get into the grading of it but sure. um that yeah that's the only thing i do so so often x-ray but it's, it's i usually will get x-rays for by i'll get them bilaterally at the ac joints mm -hmm. but i don't usually get higher level imaging beyond that yeah i agree as we mentioned this happened on thanksgiving day so it was mm -hmm. a thursday afternoon game dr bernardini tell us what he was kind of feeling the rest of that weekend was he in a sling was he in a significant amount of pain you know yeah. Uh, yeah, I would imagine he's in a sling um, because it helps to actually support. This is one of the situations where a sling actually makes sense because it supports the weight of the arm. Mm -hmm. And like we talked about, the weight of the arm and the shoulder girdle actually pulls that whole part of the body down. And so the less gravity stress you have on your shoulder girdle, the, the more comfortable theoretically you're going to feel. So yeah, definitely a sling helps. Actively elevating the arm is very uncomfortable, um, definitely reaching across your body. I mean, that's one of the more common things that we see that exa you know, exacerbates this kind of pain, especially with like a real low grade injury. Um, so reaching across the body, the opposite side, we call that adduction or adduction, um, that kind of accentuates stress in that joint for yeah. like a low grade injury. So if you had a grade one and the x-ray didn't show a lot, that's one of the tests that you see that uh, causes, causes pain there. And, uh, yeah, you're not, you're not really interested in doing a lot, let alone being athletic, mm -hmm. um, you know, eating drumsticks with the other hand on Thanksgiving. So that's for sure. No surprise. He missed the, the next week's game. And yeah, no surprise. Not at all. Yeah. There's a brace. I, I hate to say it. I can't remember the name of the brace and I'm going to get killed by anybody who's in my residency. Um, there's a brace where I don't know if you know, Brad, um, where it, it actually kind of pushes up on the elbow. And pushes down on the distal It's strap, like a strap brace. Like no, strap I've seen brace. it. I've never used it. We didn't really use them in our residency. Well, the issue is, training. I guess you can get uh, skin breakdown. I bet. And, and that's why you're, yeah. you, they've gone out of favor. But there was an old brace that used to do that to yeah. actually reverse that mechanism. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah, they used to use leeches for bloodletting and stuff <laughs> like that, too. <laughs> I, I always enjoy throwing up a softball question for you guys. But you, you kind of already alluded to the fact that this is not just a one-time diagnosis, it's a sprain and that's it. You mentioned that there's different classifications. Yeah. Different grading, who wants to get into that? I don't first? even think that's a, that's not a softball. That's no. a, 
Yeah, I, mean, I was gonna we, I, I was gonna throw it out there like so it's just a sprain, no big yeah. deal. It could only be oh, this, right. but we know that there's different right. grading so, to it. I'll I'll try to tackle it. Some of that's anatomy, and some of that's the the number. So go uh, ahead. That's exactly right. so. From an anatomy standpoint, so there are two main ligament complexes, right? There's the AC joint ligament complex, so the acromion to the uh, clavicle, and those ligaments, um, which basically surround the joint, are help prevent basically horizontal anterior front and posterior translation of the clavicle relative to the acromion. And then there's another set of complex, another uh, set of ligaments that go from your coracoid, which is like the little finger that sticks forward from the undersurface of the scapula. And there are ligaments that go from the coracoid up to the clavicle, your coracoclavicular ligaments, uh, the conoid and the trapezoid. And those ligaments are really ideal for preventing vertical translation of the clavicle relative to the acromion so so uh up and down basically superior yeah, those inferior. are the big those are the those, big two those are the big two right yeah. and uh, and to be perfectly honest and there's another little third ligament over there that's not necessarily part of this but sometimes part of the solution called your coracoacromial ligament so a ligament that goes from the coracoid to the acromion which sometimes you'll swing that over to the clavicle as part of your repair if you have if this goes down a surgical pathway weaver done weaver done yeah that's right and uh that one of like the more classic ways to fix this yeah and then in terms of classification typically the standard classification there, there there are six types type one is you tear basically your ac ligaments so it's a little more of a it's fairly stable vertically but there is a sprain or injury to the front back ac ligaments and those ones never need surgery and they tend to bounce back pretty quickly yeah. um, then you have your type two where you'll typically have ac joint sprain as well as a um, corico clavicular ligament sprain, so those bigger ligaments. And you can have up to about 25% displacement. Yeah, so uh, if you're using the clavicle thickness as you're measuring the 25%. Exactly, thank you, thank you, right. And then uh, and then type three, type three becomes a controversial yeah, one. Yeah, that's a dinger. So type three is typically you have between 25% and 100% of the clavicle thickness as our, as our guide, displacement of the clavicle relative to the acromion. And those are the ones where usually we do not operate um, and for some of them, maybe you can make an argument for operating early and, but they don't always turn out well. The first two pretty much always turn out well. Occasionally a type three you'll, down the line, people will still have yeah. pain and then they might need surgery later on. What, what I, what I tell people for that, I'm just going to jump in real quick. Sure. Sorry. Is if you look at all the studies that are out there and, um, for type three specifically, probably about 50% of people that have a type three do absolutely fine right. with conservative treatment. They right. don't need surgery. They, they're always going to have a cosmetic asymmetry in their shoulder. So they're sure. always going to be able to see a little bit of a prominent right. clavicle at the edge, but they're, they're never going to have a functional difficulty, no significant pain. Yeah. They may develop arthritis later in life if you go far enough, which I'm dealing with now on my shoulder that I had. But and if you have I surgery, didn't have a type three. you're probably going down that arthritic absolutely. pathway anyway. Yep. So. <clears throat> but the other 50%, don't do well right. with them. And we don't know who that 50% is off the bat. So we so, treat pretty much everybody conservative to start. I, th I That's think the a one, little bit controversial. Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna argue the, the one argument against that would be to check, you know, so let's say there's like 75% or up to 100% displacement of that clavicle, right? So, so one of the things I think that can be a helpful de determiner is if you do basically a cross body adduction test and you, 
look to see if the clavicle is displacing posteriorly. Because then you, if it is, if you have that horizontal and vertical uh, instability, maybe that's what drives you down the road of yeah. fixing it right up front. That would be the only the only caveat. And it is, it's a gray area. Yeah. And uh, some of the newer classifications are, are trying to add in like a type 3A and a type 3B. Right, that being 3B. Uh, an A being stable and a B being unstable. Right. So you're talking about the Bs. Right. Uh, I, I, that's where I use the shrug test too. Sure. So there's a, a third, uh, I, I guess would be fourth structure called a um, DT fascia, basically delto trapezial fascia that is basically coming off the two muscle groups that surround that corner of the shoulder that actually help to support um, your AC joint too. And in certain AC joint injuries, that fascia, which is this strong kind of lining of the muscle groups is damaged. And so it's support to that joint doesn't help provide stability. So one of the ways you can check that is by doing a shrug test. So if you, if you um, have somebody take their shirt off when they have this obvious deformity and you have them shrug up their shoulders in a stable AC joint injury where that DT fascia is still intact, it'll actually, the, the alignment of the joint will improve when they shrug up. So that's actually a good indicator for somebody that probably doesn't need to go to the operating room early. Whereas if somebody doesn't have a reduction of that, with a shrug test, then they may be one that's, you know, leaning. So are you just visualizing it and looking for a correction in the, in the, I put uh, my hand on it when they yeah. do it, but I, I watch it and I feel it. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, to, to finish out the classification, um, just, just type four, five, and six and type four first is actually posterior display. Don't ask me why it goes in this, this crazy. Yeah, it's direction. weird, right? It doesn't right. make any sense. I don't know. Yeah. But, but type four is the, we need the, to clavicle. the new classification system. Honestly, it really, it's the fray it's, system the fray, it would be much, much better, <laughs> yeah. but type four goes posterior. Lots of times it can even be incarcerated within the, the muscle of the trapezius, um, need surgery. Type five is typically, um, more than hundred percent displacement. We talk 100 to 300% displacement. You do surgery on it that's right a, away. That's a fixer. Yeah. yeah, that's a fixer. And then type six is basically unheard of. So why it has its own classification, I'm not sure, but it's essentially goes inferior. The clavicle goes underneath the coracoid. And again, same thing. I it. saw one of those in my residency. You did? Yeah. You're kidding me. Yeah. Holy cow. Yeah, and that's the only one I ever saw. It's that's crazy. the one the classification was named after. Yeah. Because I think it's <laughs> the only one that's ever happened. Yeah, it's, it, yeah, it was a bad, bad um, high-energy motor vehicle accident. Right. Uh, yeah, it's high-energy injury. That doesn't happen from football. So, so yeah. So type 1, 2, and 3. Type 1 and 2, no surgery. Type 4, 5, and 6, surgery. Type 3, gray area. Gray area, yeah. No. The other interesting thing about a 3 is um, there's no difference in surgical outcomes if you treat it right off the bat versus if you delay the treatment there's some things where you can miss the boat mm -hmm. right on a surgery so if you miss like a rotator cuff tear if you delay treatment on an acute rotator cuff tear the delayed repairs don't do as well as an acute repair so so that that's newer somewhat newer data right like you know you can make the argument repair versus reconstruction which does better which one do you add a graph to and one and the yeah. newer data is that doesn't doesn't make a difference uh, whether you do a let's say a repair early or late you don't necessarily need right to if you're going to repair it you, you got to do it early because everything's got to scar in and heal right and, and if you if you try to repair scarred in old damaged tissue they Doesn't don't do work. very well right so then reconstruction is a little more involved of a surgery but then on the flip side of that again newer studies showing that even though intuitively it makes a difference Got to add collagen, got to add a graft for a later yeah, one. Yeah. It may not actually make a difference. So, so there's some controversy yeah, there. Yeah. It's been, it's definitely been an area. So in my, 
In my uh, residency program at UConn, um, one of my uh, co-residents when I was a, a, an intern, his name is Gus Mazaka, he uh, was actively involved with a lot of research at the time in our residency for AC joint reconstructions and surgery. And then subsequently went away, did a great fellowship at Rush, came back to become one of our attendings, one of our, basically our, our teachers right. at, at UConn, which has a, you know, a, a good shoulder program. And really was one of the pioneers to develop some of these complex surgeries for AC joints. So he developed a the anatomic reconstruction, CC yeah. ligament reconstruction technique. And, uh, and at the time the thought was, um, anatomic reconstruction of, of ligaments that were damaged with a graft that's mm -hmm. biologic and yeah. not suture right. was superior and probably is uh, superior to, uh, you know, an acute repair or, uh, and all suture reconstruction, right. which there were some of those for a while. They were just doing suture. They were just basically putting Bosworth know, synthetic. Screw, yeah, weaver, yeah, we ever done screw, uh, threaded. You know, I think you know, I read somewhere that there were there's been like 60 procedures described for AC joint crazy surgery. And and you know one of the things that we always say in in surgery is if there's multiple ways to do a procedure, yeah. none of them probably are very good. I find it's interesting because I think in all of these, they're all pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> right? Right. 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 It's, lots of times we say that when, when there isn't the great one, but in all of these, they're all pretty good. Yeah. They get better yeah. if you have to do, if you have to do the surgery. Right. One of the interesting controversies I think is, and I, and I've been faced with this is, um, there's an arthroscopic technique that you can do. It's one of my favorite surgeries. Yeah, I like it. Um, I, so if somebody comes in with an obvious grade, you know, five or an unstable grade three, within the first few weeks, you can actually do an arthroscopic procedure where you can um, basically realign the AC joint to hopefully a grade zero, right? Uh, you know, or a, a no grade, you know, a, a kind of aligned perfectly um, anatomically and. So that as they heal during that early six weeks, which is like, you know, most healing for, for soft tissue injuries occur within about six to eight weeks or yeah. so dramatically, they can actually heal in a better alignment right. than if you just leave it up, hanging up there in space. Yeah. And that may save them the possibility of having to have a later graft or open right. reconstruction where it's a much more complicated surgery. I, I've found good success with that surgery. Um, and I, I usually do it in people who are much higher kind of demand, you know, sure. people are going back to a higher level of activity. Yeah. Um, I almost always tell them that, you know, I'm going to make you look perfect in surgery yeah. and you're probably going to slip a little every single yeah, time. They always they slip a little, a tiny yeah, bit. they stretch just a tiny bit. Yeah. And, um, so you're probably going to end up looking like a grade one, yeah. but they're going to do uh, I'm great. Sorry, grade two. Um, yeah. Um, down the line. Right. Yeah. But they functionally do well and it's better than if you just leave them with a, you know, an obvious grade three, that's unstable. We could talk about the surgeries literally all day, yeah, but all we're day. only yeah. talking to other orthopedic surgeons. Right. So I think we need to get Jason's back on track asleep a little bit. Yeah, sorry. I'm sorry. taking notes. I yeah, have he's taking notes and he's <laughs> drinking a lot of beer. Right, right, right. Yeah, I actually yeah. am, yeah. That's fine. There's a lot of terms out there in sports where athletes will get hooked on. I have jumper's knee, tennis mm -hmm. elbow. I, I was curious how we made it this far. When does the term separated shoulder, does that apply to class one or is that only beyond? I've heard a lot of athletes in my past tell yeah, me, well, question. I've separated my shoulder. I, no, but, I, but I think it's got to shift. I think no. it's got to be a grade two or a up. Separated shoulder I is I disagree, a, disagree with your statement. Yeah. I think I, this I is a, so, wait start, a second. This, think, is a monument, this is monumental occasion. Well, hold on. This is the first time Steve Frey and I have ever disagreed about something. Right. I, I, right. I guess, uh, and he's probably wrong. Let me start at the beginning <laughs> then. 
I'm just kidding. Unless, unless I'm wrong, a separated shoulder applies to an AC joint. Right. Injury, yes. Correct. Yes. A lot of people think that means dislocation. Right. Which but is it, not. Which doesn't apply to the AC. This joint. wasn't a softball. Bingo. This was. This was actually a question. I, right. Unless yeah. I was on the, in the wrong. Yeah. No, you're a separated shoulder right. is an AC joint. Is so, it, it, can you say I had a separated shoulder at grade one? Yes. Or that's is it. it only grade three and? Yeah, I I think that separated shoulder means AC joint injury, mm -hmm. AC joint sprain. Injury, yeah. Whether whether or not it actually displaced at all or not is irrelevant. Mm -hmm. That indicates it was AC joint yeah. versus dislocated shoulder means glenohumeral joint, glenohumeral the ball and socket joint sure. of the shoulder, subluxation mm -hmm. or dislocation. So so that that's why I, I sort of disagreed that it's not grade two when you actually get mm -hmm. a little bit of displacement. I think it's. If the injury is at the AC joint, it's a separated shoulder. Mm -hmm. If someone tells you that a separated shoulder, but their shoulder had it really popped out, that's incorrect. That was a dislocated shoulder, yeah. or a subluxated shoulder. So the, the only reason I disagree with the grade one is because in a grade one, it actually hasn't shifted. Right. Mm -hmm. And if we look up the Merriam-Webster definition of separated, <laughs> oh God, to stop being together. Yeah. Right. To stop being together. To stop being together. Yeah. Joined or connected. Is that the is that the Merriam-Webster medical Merriam dictionary? Webster. Medical dictionary? Or is no, it honestly, I, I agree, Steve. We're in semantics. We're yeah, totally. separated means AC joint, dislocated means ball socket, glenohumeral joint. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. Second question <laughs> that I was jotting down. Um, we can assume DeAndre Swift is somewhere between one and three, because mm -hmm. I feel like by now we would have known he was going the surgical route. Yeah, and there's still speculation when he returns. Yeah. Right. What are those treatment options? We don't know. Let, let's start with we don't know what grade, but let's between one and three. Yeah. What are we doing for him? How long do you sling him right off the bat? You know, it's a it more of a well, it depends on the grade, I yeah. think. Yeah. So for me, uh, you know, if it's a if it's a grade one, uh, it's just for, until they're comfortable enough to get you that arm moving again. Yeah. And, and uh, two probably three weeks. Yeah. You know, I'll start therapy early. I'll start having, you know, treatments with, yeah. you know, athletic trainers, physical therapists. Um, again, those we're not worried about becoming more unstable. Um, threes, I'm a little bit more ginger early on. Mm -hmm. You know, I definitely think they're going to be in a sling three to four weeks, maybe six max, but probably not. I think yeah. most of those guys are going to start feeling better at about the three or four week point. Right. Usually when it come out. I, I don't think beyond that there's a, a huge role for a sling. I don't know. What do you what do you do? No, pretty much that. Yeah, exactly. And a lot of it is actually just guided by comfort. When the, when the pain goes away, you can start taking off the sling. You don't want to take yeah. it off before then. But I think the time frame that you just laid out is when the pain goes away. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, we've gotten some reports. At least I've seen some reports where they think that he may be back. You know, they weren't sure he'd be back for you know third week from the injury. Uh, I don't, do, do you know, if, have they made him an official IR list Not, yet? No, so IR would mean yeah. he has to be out for three right. games, right? right? So because they haven't done that, I'm thinking he's a one or a two. Yeah. Yeah. Um, at three, I think you're out. I, yeah. You know, especially for a high level guy right. on a not so good team. I don't think there's a reason to burn him for the rest yeah. of the season. I, I think he's a two. My, my, if I had to call it, I'd say he's a that, two because he was down and out. I mean, it hurt pretty bad. It, yeah. A one hurts. Yeah. You pop back up. You go right. to the sideline and you're, you're, you know, you're rubbing your shoulder. You're probably yeah. going for a couple more game, mm -hmm. you know, um, downs and, you know, you getting maybe, that little donut on there. Yeah. And, and you know, you're trying to get back. Okay. Quick. Not, yeah. not immediately, but getting back relatively. My so, gut is probably two, yeah. like a like milder version of a two. Yeah. And this is where I think our involvement you know, the, the world's involvement in fantasy football is interesting. I mean, right. this is a guy with, he's on a bad team and we're not here to talk about the, 
you know, the team's success, I, you know, but obviously their record is atrocious, right? But, but he is, I actually a, think they're a better team than I their agree. record would show, but sorry, go on. He is a very good player on just a not so great team, yeah. right? you know, and averaging almost 19 points, fantasy points per game right. on a team that's not really winning any games. I think a lot of the world right now is we're turning towards the playoffs of fantasy football He's probably a big part of everyone's team. And I'm going to be honest with you, he's on my team in, in, in our reconstructive ah, league. I'm struggling. Yeah, I yeah. mean, Dr. Brad, when are we seeing him is. back? When do you think? So I think there's a little bit of gamesmanship here with yeah. the team. Um, you know, if he was, if this was a team that was in contention, right. they may be a little bit more aggressive about getting him back, knowing that he's, you know, a thousand yard guy yeah. is going to produce numbers for him. You know, my feeling is that if they're at all concerned about him or he's maybe a bubble two to three um, AC joint level, two to three guy, if if they're smart, they may not. He's done. They may not right. want to uh, put right. him at risk for right. further damage because if he can't, you know, some of my criteria for return to play in contact sports are full range of motion, full strength. You have to be able to defend yourself. You have to be able to get to where you have to get in space to be able to, you know, do the things you have to do. Right. So if he can't demonstrate that, then he shouldn't, you know, theoretically return. I don't think that a not so good football team that has an investment in this guy's potential guy in the future when this record may turn around for right. them, I don't think they're going to be super aggressive about bringing him back. So that, that makes and that's this fantasy versus yeah, just reality. Yeah, right that and that yeah. yeah, and that makes this hard to determine because if if this were a a top tier team that needed that guy to produce for them. Mm -hmm. They're probably going to bring him back with a grade two in three weeks, ish, maybe four. Do you think that the fact that they just won, they just beat Minnesota, so they're not zero, whatever, ten and one, or whatever, yeah. whatever the heck it was, but they have a win there now? Yeah. Um, all, of, all of a sudden, becomes like, all right, we're not going winless on the season. We want. We're okay, let's. Yeah, let's we, save we, our guy. We want our draft pick. Yeah, you're done. Yeah. Do you think that factors in? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, there's a lot of jobs at stake. Yeah. Yeah. For for losing teams in the NFL. That's and, true. Uh, I think if those guys in the in the coaching position are are, are thinking about that and then self preservation. Oh God, there's so many things to think about. I mean, Jay, you yeah. you were on the inside of a lot of those decisions with the soul and yeah. and that you know that's a different level. But still, when you see what goes behind the scenes, goes on behind the scenes with injured athletes who, who's going to back them up mm -hmm. what that means to the team what I, that means to the record i mean there's so many things I feel like that, that most I, people don't appreciate i threw that on our outline here for a reason because i have been in those decisions yeah. where you know truthfully when there's a playoff push yeah there's 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 pressure on the guys atc and the positions oh yeah we know that my guess is if i had to go on record which i don't always do I don't think they rush him back. Yeah. What, yeah. what is the purpose at this right, point? Right, um, right. He has such an incredible future from yeah. what he's shown so far. I, I don't know if next year is the year the Lions turn yeah. it around. Right. And then truthfully, like to what you said, let's say they do bring him back and he helps them win one or two more pick. games. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I don't know if that's what they want either. Right. I, you know. And I, then I, you got to wonder what what level of input the athlete has into this, or maybe the athlete's agent yeah. thinking this guy might not be with this team forever. Right. Um, he, you know, let's not put him at risk for a right. losing team. You know, what, what does he have? Does the athlete advocate for himself and say, Hey, I'm not up. Yeah. I, I'm not ready. You brought up an interesting point though. He hasn't gone on the NFL IR, which would mean he is, which means yeah. at least, you right. know, I think it's three, four yeah. weeks, something like that. Weeks, yeah. Um, so we haven't seen that yet, but if I'm on staff with the lions, I, 
someone's got to you know persuade me to say that there's an immediate need. Who's his backup? I don't. Jamal Williams, who they signed from. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. And and he's doing you know pretty well, and he's filled in nicely. I don't know. You'd like to think it goes based purely on merit, based purely on when he's doing well and he's uh, Mm -hmm. able to return to play and meet the criteria that you just laid out, Brad. That that that's when he gets back. And I think frequently that's the case. Usually that's the case. But sometimes I gotta wonder. I guess I guess another factors way in. It may lead into my final question is. Whenever it is that we see him come back, because we have kind of narrowed it down from one to three, probably a two, what version of DeAndre Swift do we see come back? Full bore, man. He's there, there's be no long term effect. Nope. Yeah. Is there a risk to bring him back too soon? If we brought him back too soon in that same. Yeah, type he's of, dropping his shoulder. I mean, if he if he has a similar mechanism on a grade two, yeah, could now that become five? Yeah. So, right? that, so is there a concern there? Sure. You know? That's exactly the risk. I yeah. think there are two risks. One, um, if, if this is a team that's in contention, a two-week or three-week layoff becomes a four-week or a five-week mm-hmm. layoff, and two, a uh, non-operative injury becomes an operative injury. And that's that's the bigger concern, right? Because not operative injury, number one, um, it's going to take you much, much longer to come back. And two, um, you're more likely to have issues down the road. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and so, I think it's so, worth mentioning that there's no brace that no, prevents this. No, right? That donut pad only goes so far. Yeah, if, right. you got, if you got Raquan Smith driving you to the ground, yeah, yeah. and and yeah, this is going to happen. Yeah, if it, if you this if is you hit this the is rolling. more physics than it yeah, is this is this else. is yeah. physics. Yeah, yeah. You, you can't stop this. Right. Yeah. Right. What do you guys think? Gonna wrap things up for tonight. I think. For sure. I think it's going to wrap. I it up. think that we could talk about this for four hours if we yeah. wanted to. I think we'd have a lot of sleeping listeners. So let's, yeah, let's, let's I, call it I, a day. I, I totally agree. <laughs> I think we hit the basics, and this is good. And uh, yeah, if anybody has any specific questions about it, email Jason. Yeah, we can reach out to us, sportsmed on tap at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you guys. Before we go ahead and close out our tab, we want to take a moment to thank our sponsors, Reconstructive Orthopedics, with our eight locations and focused on you approach, covering all of your orthopedic needs. The Energy Lab, the region's premier sports performance destination. Neck of the Woods, of course, for hosting us each and every week, located right here at 614 Lambs Road, Pittman, New Jersey. And our good friends at Timber Reel Productions, Joe Warner, our on-site producer, and Kyle Miller, our editor. Dr. Bernardini, Dr. Frey, this was fun. Thanks for joining us again. Thanks, it's been great, and I'm enjoying my dessert beer right now. (laughs) We'll catch you guys next time. Thanks a lot for listening.